Bow your heads with me and let's talk to this Lord who has so presented himself to us down through the centuries and is present with us here this morning. Living Lord Jesus, thank you for your love for each one of us. Thank you for the accounts we have heard, sung about, and further reflect on as we spend these moments with you, Lord. In your mercy, please, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. Take our wills and bend them to your own. And we pray this for your name's sake, Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, the opportunities that are presented to us to share the good news about Jesus, who has changed our lives, I trust that statement is true for each one of you, that Jesus has changed your life. The whole thrust of this service and the whole thrust of God's word is to introduce people to himself. It's not just to record history, though it does do that. It's not just to take beautiful thoughts about how much God loves us so that somehow this information is available in print, though that is true too. God's driving motivation is that people come to know him. Not just get information about him, but get to know him. And when we get to know him, it's as if everything comes together to make sense of our lives. Without him, everything is just bits and pieces scattered across the thought patterns of our lives with no integrity, no purpose, no direction, except for a momentary blast of happiness. So this Christmas season, we love the sentimentality, the memories that come flooding back, the beauty of all that's presented. We love it. We love the carols. I do hope you'll be at the Winter Garden, which itself is just magical. It's like a crystal palace. And there'll probably be hundreds of people out there skating in the rink around a Christmas tree. But the driving force of Almighty God in sending his son Jesus is what has created all this. Not just the commercialism of our age. Long before there was commercialism, we had carols and Christmas trees and the giving of gifts. Now with the mass production of advertising and various products it becomes a big season commercially 
No less so for us does it present an opportunity for us to be about the business that God has exercised already in our lives if indeed he has come into us, has been born in us, that we have been made new creations in him. For what purpose? Yes, that we might be with him and know him. But how dare we know him and know all that he brings to us in his son Jesus and not deliberately, as deliberately as God has, go make this known. Go invite others into the experience. As you follow the scriptures down through the ages, as they've been read, and there are so many more that could be read, does it not strike you as amazing that God has gone to great trouble to leave these markers? Not only so, but that they have been recorded and survived the ages and the wars and the famines and the earth issues, the movements of people, the chaotic changes in society and civilization that we still have. God's word. People have been slaughtered for it. Because they wanted to make it known. Make it known in our language. The language of the peoples. A great price has been paid. Between what God has done in his acts in history. Recorded in his word. And the miraculous carrying on of that word. The trouble he has gone to. So that today you and I know him. And have the opportunity to go introduce him to others. We want to be about God's business. And the thrust of our brief concluding message here this morning is toward that end. What's amazing is this. And you may never have ever thought of this. But those scriptures come out of Jewish literature. And the Jewish experience. So God clearly has a chosen people through whom the Messiah came. Of the family lineage of David, born in Bethlehem. But he was also a light to lighten the Gentiles, as well as being the glory of his people Israel. So throughout the Old Testament, as well as when you come into the New God has the great desire that the Gentile world, the whole world, not just the Jewish people, come to know him. Listen to these words from Isaiah 60. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the, the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, a thick darkness the people's. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you, and the nations will come to your light, 
and kings to the brightness of your rising. Further prophetic statement that the Messiah was not just for the Jewish people, but coming out of this Jewish prophecy for the nations and the kings of the world. The image of the Magi is an extraordinary one because they were not Jews. They were Persians. They came from further east and had been following a star. They were not privy to the Bible literature. The Jewish prophets were not their prophets. But God had supernaturally given them the message that a king was to be born. And these wise men came following a star and made their way first to Jerusalem and when they said, where is he who is to be born king? Asking that question of Herod. He sent to the religious leadership who came and gave him the answer, Bethlehem, and quotes the prophets. So he sends them off to Bethlehem, the Magi. These Gentile worshippers looking for a king. Of course, what he wanted to do was execute that king. He didn't want any competition. It struck me as amazing that Herod was so godless that when he gets from the Jewish leadership, the religious leadership, that Jesus, the king, is to be born in Bethlehem, that he sets his mind, Herod does, on eradicating this prophesied Messiah. But how extraordinary that God communicates to the Gentile world via some other miraculous means that the Messiah was to be born. What does that tell you? The trouble that God went to that you and I as Gentiles might see in the birth of the baby Jesus a savior for us. That Jesus came for you and for me and for people who will be hanging out at the PPG Winter Gardens this evening. And for the folks with whom you shop and your family, friends and neighbors. God would love you to put the kind of direct planning and energy and foresight into the moves you make to be a part of his family and extend beyond our immediate gratification in knowing him, the opportunity for others to come to know him. So please pray. Take those invitations prepared for you and get rid of them. Don't hang on to them. Don't just leave them on your refrigerator, tucked in your Bible, they are for you to extend an invitation to someone to come and be a part of Christmas here. 
There are big, fantastic signs all over Pittsburgh now on the lit boards that say, Keep Christ in Christmas. That's a message to the secularists. The message to us who are believers is we keep Christ in Christmas by making Christ known at Christmas. So I urge you to take on that responsibility. Now amazingly, in parallel with this, God is supernaturally again visiting the Muslim, Arab, Persian, Gentile world with supernatural events by which they're being drawn to the Messiah. Today, that is happening. I have a report here about the rising tide of Muslim converts to Christianity. It's published in a book just come out, A Wind in the House of Islam by David Garrison. I want to read you some startling information. But it's a striking, maybe more so to us in our day, given the rise of Islam as a violent, ugly, wicked, destructive force that God is reaching into the Islam community and winning people supernaturally to himself. The author, who I have just mentioned by name, David Garrison, says, In 2011, I was approached by a foundation that said, We're hearing these same rumors of angels, you know, things happening in the Muslim world. Would you be willing, if we would fund you and underwrite the expenses, would you be willing to go and find out what's happening? He says, the striking thing about what we discovered was that there are movements of Muslims to Christ. And by that I mean not just individuals, but movements of at least a thousand people at one time within a community who have been baptized or a hundred churches planted over the last two decades. We see currently some 69 of these movements that have been formed in the last two decades from one end of the Muslim world to the other, from West Africa to Indonesia and everywhere in between. I suppose one of the most striking examples is what is, in ha- is happening in Iran today. We're seeing that the Ayatollah Khomeini is proving to be the greatest evangelist in the history of Iran. Because so many people are voting with their feet and turning away from Islam. They're not turning exclusively to Christianity, but certainly tens of thousands, even hundreds of thousands of Iranians in the last two decades have come to faith in Jesus Christ and followed him in baptism. It was when I went to these places myself, traveling more than a quarter of a million miles over the next two years into the Muslim world, and I interviewed people I would never have imagined. I mean sheikhs and imams, 
and mullahs, leaders in the Islamic community, who gave testimony to having been baptized after having met Jesus and knowing that in doing so they were saying, I'm willing to die because they knew very well that Islamic law did not allow conversion from Islam. And what it amounts to is that these rumors of angels and dreams and visits, divine supernatural visits, instituted dramatically by God himself, is having a sweeping effect within Islam. Now you're not going to hear that on the secular news. But when you hear of the wise men, the Magi, Gentiles, Persians, supernaturally getting a message that they come seeking the Messiah. And you have a parallel movement today going on within Islam. It becomes an inspiration to me to know that God is really about that same driving purpose of people coming to know Jesus. Dear friends, this is our season. It's not just for us. It is for broken, aching, desperate, lonely, sick, sad, going to hell world around us. We want to keep Christ in Christmas. Let's go make him known this Christmas. Will you do that with me? Bow your heads, please. Lord Jesus, forgive us that we are so taken up with our own thrills and joys in knowing you and so little inclined to reach those who do not know you. Thank you, Lord, that you reached me coming out of a godless family. You reached me. And as each of us says that to you, Lord, one way or another, that you reached us, so lay your hands on us now. May your spirit come upon us and direct us where to go, who to share with, who to invite, who to pray for, that others too may be drawn to you.